Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I was uh, thinking about and praying about this morning, and uh, man, I struggled because you know there's a word that God gave me, and I had it all ready to go. And, but every time I would close my eyes and pray, I kept hearing Naomi. I kept hearing Naomi. And, and, uh, um, and so I had to just battle through it and had to just finally settle down in it and, and really begin to hear God. And, and I, I really believe it's because he's changing the season for you. He's changing the season for you. Um, and so this morning I want to tell you about the tale of two sisters. One's a lever and one is a cleaver. One sticks with the, to cleave means to hold on to. Uh, this story is an amazing, I really think it could be a Hollywood story, Hollywood movie. I really do. It's a story of, of this, this family in Judah, and Judah goes through a drought. I mean, not the kind of drought that we see. We, we're, we've been in a drought, right, here in California. But when I say the kind of drought, I'm talking about food lines, I'm talking about nothing to eat. We haven't experienced that kind of drought yet. We haven't experienced that. We, we've experienced economic downturn, and we've experienced probably the worst economic depression in my generation since we've been alive, since I've been alive. I'll be 54 next month, and that's... <laughs> now, didn't Jax just turn 16? You old, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember she was just a baby. He was like, oh, that's wrong. Yeah, he said, isn't, isn't Corey having a baby? I was like, oh, that's all right. That's cool. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> Pastor's quick, right? He's quick, man. That's one thing you got to give him. He's always quick. Amen. What was I talking about? Yeah. Drought. Thank you. Drought time. Drought time. Uh, the economic drought, or the water drought, obviously, but we've been in an economic uh, depression, right, since 2008. And I remember, you know, complaining about that. And at the time, my Aunt Lena was alive. She passed away last, this, um, last year. She passed away. And I remember she said something. She says, you know, everybody's complaining about the economic depression. She said, but you haven't seen depression yet. And she says, are you standing in soup lines? I said, well, what do you mean by that? She says, are you standing in line just to get a meal? I said, well, of course not. She says, well, you've got nothing to complain about. She says, we lived through the Great Depression. We were just kids, and we remember people standing in soup lines. And in and, and this city, to see there would be thousands of people every day just trying to get a meal. That's what depression, economic depression is. And so even with drought, we complain in California, you know, pray for rain, pray for no water. And yes, we got to do that. And yes, we need rain here, um, especially being from the Central Valley. It's all farmland out there. And so farmers are going bankrupt. And, and, and it's just a terrible thing. But that was no drought compared to this drought in the book of Ruth. Judah had gone through a type of drought where there was no food. There was nothing uh, uh, to give the animals, so they were killing off the animals. It was a horrible time. And so this is a story of a father, a, uh, his wife, and his two boys. And this, this father decides in this tough time to pick up his family and go look for better, better ground, go look for a better life. And so he leaves Judah. He leaves Judah. Now, in the process of this time, they're on their journey to this land called Moab. And on this journey, the husband gets sick and dies. So now Naomi is left with just her two boys. 
They make it to Moab, and they're in this land of Moab, and their two boys find, find wives. But in the process of time, her two boys die. So here's this, this woman, this mom and this, this, this wife. She's in, she lost everything. She lost Judah, which was her home. So, you know, she lost her home. Her husband dies along the way, so she loses her husband. And now her two sons, she's stuck with her two sons, and all of a sudden they die, and now she's stuck with her daughter-in-laws, two of them, two daughter-in-laws. Now, how many know that daughter-in-laws' relationship with mother-in-laws aren't, isn't always the best, right? I mean, come on. Mother-in-laws are like, well, you're going to marry my boy? Then you better take care of him the way I take care of him. You better make him tortillas and do everything else the way I do. I take care of my little boy. That's my baby. You know, wives are like, whatever. You know, I'm like, <laughs> and so the relationship between mothers and daughter-in-laws aren't always the best, but I know my, my sister, she loved my mother, and, my, and so that was never a mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship, and she cared for my, my mom very much and took care of her. Right, Laura? I love you, my mother. Yeah. So here's, here's this mother who now is angry because she lost her home, She's angry because she lost all her relatives back home. She's angry because her husband died. And now she's angry because both of her sons died. And she got very bitter inside. And, and we would all say, well, she had a right to get bitter. Come on, that, what kind of, come on that's tough, right? That, that's, what kind of life is that? And to boot, her two daughter-in-laws, they're not even Hebrews. And they don't even serve the God she serves. They, they serve Moab and the, the God of many. They're in the land of Moab, a pagan god that serves many, worships many gods. So they're not even, they're not even of her god. She's got nothing. She's got nothing. And it says here in the scripture, Ruth chapter 1, verse 6, Then she arose with her daughter-in-laws, and that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Now, listen to me. I want to tell you something, that droughts or tough times or tough seasons don't last forever. Don't last forever. Maybe you've been going through a tough time. Maybe you've been going through a dry season. Dry times will not last forever. God is the ultimate season changer. Whatever you've been going through, I want you to know that God's about to turn it all around. Whatever season your family's been going, to, going through, I want you to know that God's going to turn it around. Whatever economic situation you've been going through, God's going to turn it around. Why? Because he changes the seasons. And guess what? You can do nothing about it. Man cannot stop the seasons from changing. God moves the entire world by seasons. Think about it. He moves the entire universe by the four seasons. Now, we have our church in New York, and, and they... they they have four seasons that are very obvious that we don't really see here, not too much. When I was out there recently in the fall, it was just, just beginning to fall, and you see the people, you see the community, the, the, the farmers, and you see everything starting to change because they're pulling out the snow plows, and, the, and all the trucks now, the, the four-by-four trucks, they're, they're, they're hinching or getting out these shovels that put in front of the, they, they put them in front of the trucks and putting shutters on the windows, and, and they're just, the whole place is busy. And I asked Pastor John, our pastor, this, what are they doing? And he says, well, everybody's getting ready for the next season. And I thought about that for a second. I said, how, how ready am I for the next season? Wow, that's good. 
I can't be ready for the next season. And by the way, just because you've had a tough season that you're in now or behind you doesn't mean you're going to have a tough season that's ahead of you. But if you're caught up in the past, you're going to miss out on the blessing of the next one that's coming. Your past seasons do not dictate your destiny. Your past hurts do not control your future. Only if you allow them to. Only if you let them. And so I'm saying to you, you have to get ready for your next season. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your finances. I'm talking about your marriage. I'm talking about your sons and daughters. I'm talking about this amazing church. Get ready because a new seasons are coming upon you and you can't carry the old into the new. How do you carry the old into the new? By carrying the hurts and the pains of the past. Now, some of you have been through some things. I know that. Man, yeah, I'll be 54 in a, in a few weeks, but one thing I've learned about life is I don't know about life. I don't get it. I don't understand how some people hurt and, and get hurt, and I don't understand how things happen, and I don't get all that. All I know is that I'm called to help. I'm called to help even when I don't feel like helping. I'm called to help people even when I don't feel like helping them. That's my purpose. That's my call. And by the way, that's your call too. That's your call too. How many here love God? Well, then, yeah. Amen. Then you just fulfill the first greatest commandment, and that is love the Lord your God with all of your heart. That's, that's what's most important to God. You want to know core values of a, you want to know what the business is about, you, ask, you look at their core values. You want to look at, know what the church is about, you look at, their core, look at their core values. Well, you want to know what God is about, look at his core values. Commandment number one, you love me first above all other gods. That's important. And so you just said you love God. How many love God? How many love God? Yes, then you just fulfilled the first core value. You know what the second one is? That you love one another. Ah, come on, I, I know I've been raised in church, and, and I get that. All right, yeah, yeah, we got to love each other. This is the second most important thing to God. That's why he says that we're to encourage one another. That's why he says we're to edify one another. That's why he says we're to look after each other. That's the second most important thing to God, that you would look out for each other, that you would love one another. That's so important. That's called fellowship. That's a family. That's a church family. Can you say Amen. Naomi heard that her land had been blessed by God. You see, tough times don't last forever. And if you're going through a tough time, get ready, because that's about to end and a new season's about to begin. Is that word for anybody here in this house? Has anybody been going through a tough time in this place? Has anyone been going through a tough season? And you even wonder, when is it going to change? I got a word. I came here with that in my heart, in my soul. God's going to flip the script, and a new season's going to begin for you. Naomi heard that God visited her homeland. Hmm. I wonder if she'd have stayed the course, if her husband would have stayed. I wonder if he would have stayed in Judah because he left because there was a drought. Now she's hearing no husband, no sons, two daughter-in-laws. Now she's hearing God visited the land. He changed the season. Come on, say God's a season changer. Yes, he is. He's a season changer. He changed the season for them back home. So it literally means that God attended to them. And by the way, if you think that God has not attended to you, get ready. You're going to see his tender hand upon your life, and you're going to see his tender hand upon your family. God's going to attend to you. God's going to attend to you. He's a season changer. Yes, he is. 
Stop wondering if he is. Just start looking for when he is. Amen? Though Naomi was bitter and angry, she was still able to hear. So she decides it's time to go home. She decides it's time to go home. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and this word is for somebody here who's been going through a tough season. I want to give, you, give this to you. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for him, for those who love him. So you know what that means? There's a season of blessing coming your way. You know what that means? It means that what you've been going through is not going to last. I grab that word and I, I get that word and I put it in me. And I said, I believe, I believe that whatever I'm going through is going to end because God's word says he's got a plan for me. So whatever it is that you've been going through, guess what? You haven't heard it or seen it, but God has an amazing season coming your way. God has an amazing plan coming your way. Somebody's in this house this morning that's going to pull that word down and say, that's for me. That's for my family. That's for my finances. That's for my sons and daughters. I received that for my church. I received that for my pastors. Come on, is anybody alive and awake in this place? Yeah, yeah, amen. Thank you, Jesus. So in this whole story, this movie, what an amazing movie it would be. Here's this bitter woman, angry. And she starts playing out this little drama movie with her daughter-in-law. She wants to go home, and they're saying, we're not going to leave you. In verse 7, it says, therefore, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went out on their way to return to the land of Judah. Remember, God visited, and now they were getting blessed. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, her two, two daughter-in-laws, Go, return each of her to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as, he, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord, grant you that, the Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. Now, what, a, what an amazing uh, drama right there. I see this bitter, angry woman with her two daughter-in-laws, and they're just, just weeping. Just crying at each other. See, because remember, these two girls, they're also mourning. They lost their husbands. They're also mourning. They're weeping. And now they're about to lose their mother. So they let, they, she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And she said to her, and they said to her, surely we will turn with you. So they're both saying, we're not going to leave you, Naomi. We're not, no, we're, you're our mother. We're not going to leave you. And she she goes in, if you read the more of the scripture, she goes into this discourse and says, I'm old. I have no more sons. What do I have for you? I've got nothing for you. Remember, Naomi's angry. She's so angry. She's bitter, even bitter with God. I've got nothing for you. I'm old. Go home now. Go home now. Now, the two daughters, one of them says, then, then uh, this is verse 14, then they lift up their voices and wept again. And Orpha, one was named Orpha and one was named Ruth. And Orpha, and the name Orpha, it means stiff-necked. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, and she left, went back home. But Ruth, which means companion or friend or beauty, clung to her or cleaved to her. One left and one cleaved. Listen, I think it's so important that in tough times, you learn how to cleave. In tough times, 
you learn how to stay the course. In tough times, you set your hand to the plow. Just because you're going through tough times in your marriage, friend, this is not the time to think about leaving. you got to shut that back door. you got to close that door and say, I'm here. I'm staying the course. I'm not going to quit. You'd be surprised how many people, the moment a church starts going through a tough time, how many people start thinking about, hmm, I'll go to another church because it's better there. It's easier there. They have more comfortable chairs and the sound is better and all these different things. You see, we're Americans and Americans, we choose what we want to do and we, we don't care how we do it. As long as somebody else has something for me, I'll stay with them. Orpa realized she's got nothing for me. She's got nothing for me. She's angry and bitter. She's got no more sons. She's homeless. She's got nothing for me. And some people stick with people only when they have something for them. But the moment that there's nothing there anymore, I'm out. I'm out. Orpa, hmm, not only is she broke, homeless, and has no sons, she's mean to boot. She's ticked off. Who wants, no one likes, well, I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than a ticked-off mother-in-law. That's a good thing mine's in Colorado. <laughs> and you're not live cast, are you? Oh, I've seen her ticks. Let me, let me out of here. <laughs> Laura, I've seen my mom tick. See, my mom was a little different. You know, I'm, I'm married, you know, and I'm already, you know, 30-something. And uh, my mom didn't think twice about giving me a left hook. And she, I was already pastoring a church, and she just decked me one time. I was like, Mom, you just hit me with your left hand. I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm a grown man, Mom. You just decked me. You just hit me. Yeah, she did. And I, I think Laura, much as she loved my mom, she's a little afraid of her. I think so. <laughs> Ain't nothing worse than a mean mother-in-law. Lord have mercy. So, Orpa. <laughs> Orpa. She's, 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 re she's reconciling everything. Hmm. She's got nothing. She's got no son. She's got no home, no money. And she's mean. All right. I'm good. <laughs> good night. We'll see you. And she leaves. Stiff-necked. She leaves. Now, in reading some of the commentaries, her name was Stiff-necked only because maybe she was a little proud, a little bit, it's about me. Proud people think it's all about them. Did you hear that? Proud people think it's all about them. And the moment they don't like how things are going for them, I'm out. I'm out. But now there was another daughter that stayed. Her name was Ruth. And she says, man, she has this discourse with her mother. Uh, she has this discourse with her. And in verse 15 it says, and she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone. This is, this is Naomi to uh, Ruth now. Look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But here's Ruth now. One left. And look what Ruth says. Ruth says, entreat me not. In other words, don't ask me to go or return or to turn back from following after you. For where you go, I go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God will be my God. So here's one who looked at the situation and they were going through tough times and she quit and said, I'm out. 
But here's another one who saw the situation. She saw the fact that, yes, she was broke. Yes, she had no money. And yes, uh, uh, no husband, no, no sons. And she had no home. And she said, no way. I'm not going to leave you. In this tough time, I'm going to hold on. And I'm going to cling unto you. Don't ask me to turn away. Because wherever you go, I'm going to go. Listen to me. Some of us need to learn what it means to stay the course in tough times. Some of us need to know what it means to hold on even though things are going bad, even though your marriage is going bad, even though you're on the verge of bankruptcy. Hold on because God's about to turn it around. Good things happen when you hold on. Good things happen when you don't quit. God's about to turn it around for your sons and your daughters. God's about to turn it around for your grandkids. Don't give up. Keep fighting. Hold on. Hold on because God's going to show you that the season's about to change. He's the season changer. He's a season changer. And there's hope. There's hope. Whatever it is you've been going through, it's about to change. And I don't know about you, but I grab that word and I pull it down for myself. I said, oh, God, you're the season changer. You're the one that changes the times. And so if you've been going through a tough time today, well, this is, a, this is your moment. This is your prophetic word to hold on to and say, that's my word. I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to cling to my pastors. I'm going to cling to my church. I'm going to cling to my family. And I'm going to wait this storm out. I'm not going to go, and I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to walk out because this is, this is where I belong. Now listen, when, Na when Ruth said to Naomi, I'm not going to leave you. I won't walk away from you. She was acting as a type of the Holy Spirit, type of Christ. A type of Christ. She had nothing. She was broke. She was mean and she was angry. Yet Ruth said, I'm not going to walk away from you. Doesn't that sound like somebody when you're acting like that, when you're all messed up, when you're all mean and angry and bitter and going through all kinds of stuff? God says to you, I'm still not going to leave you. I'm still not going to walk away from you. I won't leave you. I'm going to cling on to you. I'm going to cling on to you. That's, the, that's my Lord. That's my God. Listen, there's nothing you can do that's going to stop him from loving you. There's nothing you can do that's going to stop him from liking you. Mm. Nothing. Tough times. Yeah, I know. I get that. Seasons are tough. And I know some of you are going through a tough time even now. A new season is about to break forth. A new season's about to break forth. And that word is for somebody here. Claim it right now. Pull it down. Pull it down. Because if you don't, now I'm pointing my little finger at you. Most of you are younger than me, so I can do that. I'm pointing my little finger at you. If you don't, when the blessing comes, you won't even see it. You'll be so stuck in your bitterness, in your anger, and your past resentments, the fact that you got let down, the fact that people hurt you, you'll be so caught up in that that you won't be able to see the blessing. How do I know? Keep reading this story. Naomi makes it back to Judah with Ruth. And the whole place busted out in harvest. Harvest time. God heard our prayers. Blessings here. And they're in celebration. And, and that's what this was, a huge celebration taking place. And here comes old Naomi walking into it. She's 
And they said to her, there's Naomi. And she stops them. She said, don't you dare call me Naomi. You see, the name Naomi, it means pleasant. She says, don't you dare call me Naomi. There's nothing pleasant about me. She said, call me Mara. The word Mara means bitter. Call me Mara. God had changed the season, but she was too bitter to see it. God changed it all. Blessing came their way. Harvest came their way. But she was too caught up in her past hurts to see it. Don't miss out because you're stuck on the past. Don't miss out on your blessing because you're stuck in those hurts. You're stuck in a past season. Let it go. Let it go. And get ready for your harvest time. Get ready for your celebration. You know what word kept coming to me also, Pastor Dan, as I was preparing and, and hearing God, even this morning about 3 a.m., God woke me up, and I kept hearing that word in Nehemiah, eat the, eat the sweet and drink, eat the fat and drink the sweet. And that speaks of party, celebration. And I just really sense that a celebration anointing has come upon this church. I sense that a celebration anointing is coming upon your family. A celebration anointing is coming upon your home, upon your children, upon your finances. Some of you need your finances to be celebrated. God's going to do it. If that's your word, say amen. amen. Come on, stand to your feet this morning, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You alone are worthy, oh God. You alone are worthy. You're mighty. And I know there's somebody here, maybe some going through that tough time. Some going through that tough time. I just want to speak that word upon you. I want it to rest upon you, right? And you got to decide. You got to make a decision. Either you're going to live in your past hurts and disappointments, or you're going to look for that blessing. You see, your church needs you to look towards that new season. Your church needs you to look toward that season of celebration, that season of joy, that season of harvest. In the name of Jesus, I come against that pain. I come against that resentment. And if you're holding pain and resentment, come on, let it go right now. Choose to forgive. And I just feel that somebody here needs to forgive their father. Maybe many. Maybe many people. Just let it go. Forgive them right now. Nothing good, nothing good will come out of holding that. Nothing good will come out of holding that pain of that past season. Nothing good's going to come out of holding that pain. Someone's been hurt by people at church, maybe a pastor, maybe a, a, a fellow member at church. You got to let that go. Come on, God's got greater for you. God's got a new season for you. Get ready because blessing is coming your way. Let it go. I see a new season. And that's harvest. That season is one of blessing. That season is one of anointing. That season is one of harvest and anointing and blessing. In the name of Jesus, come on, someone decide, that's my word. Somebody decide, that's my word. 
somebody decide that's my word right now. I'm going to believe that for my family. And guess what? I'm going to believe it for my church. I speak double portion upon this church. I speak double portion upon this ministry. I speak double portion upon the finances. And there's only one way the finances of this church will double, and that's when your finances double. That's when your finances get blessed. So I'm speaking blessings upon your finances. I'm speaking that poverty season to be done. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I speak that poverty season as over in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I speak it over in the name of Jesus. And I speak a season of increase upon you. I speak a season of increase upon you. In the name of Jesus, I see a downpour taking place. I see a downpour from heaven. Harvest that no man can do, but only God can do. Press down, shaken together and running over. I see your season of press down, shaken together and running over. I see your season of press down, shaken together and running over. I speak that upon this ministry. I speak it upon Pastor Dan and Ange, upon Pastor Matt, Pastor Nick, all the pastors of this church, all the ministers of this church. Get ready because your season is coming. Your season is at its threshold. You're about to see your better days. You think your best days were seen already? Guess again. God has a new day. God has a new season. CWC San Jose is just beginning. CWC San Jose is just starting. And I declare that upon this ministry. In the name of Jesus, dream right now. Dream big in the name of Jesus. Come on. You got to see it right now. See the blessing upon your finances. See the blessing upon your business. See the blessing upon your family. See the blessing upon your church. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Can you see it? Celebration. Can you see it? Can you see your family walking this aisle? Can you see the family walking down to these altars? Can you see your sons and your daughters walking down these altars? In the name of Jesus, I speak a season of celebration. I see, your, I see a season of celebration coming upon you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, your sad season is ending. And your season of joy is beginning. I speak that over you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you, my God, because you are the season changer. You are the season changer in Jesus' name. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.